Welcome back to Between the Lines on Sports Radio 810 WHB. We're going to talk some Chiefs football with the, well, the biggest story and the biggest player in the NFL right now. He is Patrick Mahomes, the second quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. They get ready to take on Jacksonville this Sunday. Patrick, congratulations. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Yeah, just, uh, I'm doing good and excited and I'm ready to keep going this week. Have you reached, have you personally reached a point where you're looking around going, man, I can't really believe it's unfolding this way? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're obviously excited uh, getting uh, to go out, come out with a four and zero start. Uh, really getting things clicking and getting the whole team going uh, is awesome. Uh, it speaks to the the training camp and the work that we put in in the off season, and I'm hopefully we can keep this momentum rolling now. Are you aware that every NFL fan, every person in NFL media, and every coach and player on every team is talking about you right now? Uh, I mean, yeah, you see it. Uh, of course, social media these days, you see all that stuff. But uh, I try to focus on everything that's in the locker room. Uh, I try to stay the same, stay in the process. I know it's early in the season still, and so we're going to keep trying to grind every single day and get better. You know, you're going to have a long career, and not everybody in the media is going to love you all the time. But, man, everybody loves you right now. That's a pretty good way to start your career, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, I mean, that is part of it. Uh, I mean, you're going to have ups and downs. Uh, but if you believe in yourself and keep uh, working every single day and trying to get better every single day, hopefully you can have success in this league. What's your family say? What's your girlfriend say? They, I mean, they're obviously feeling it, hearing it. What, what's their communication with you? I mean, they're obviously very proud of you and happy for you. Yeah, they're obviously super excited. Uh, they're, they're, they've been coming to all the games and uh, supporting me just like they've done my whole entire life, but they still treat me exactly the same way. I'm still my mama's uh, little boy. And, um, I, and my dad and, and everybody treats me exactly the same. You've mentioned a couple times in our chats that, that you're a little bit close to or know the guys in your draft class, the other quarterbacks. And earlier this year, Matt Nagy in Chicago was taking a bunch of questions about you and why Mitch Trubisky wasn't doing this or doing what Patrick Mahomes is doing. He went out and threw six touchdown passes last week, which was phenomenal. And I, look, I know you're not in the business of rooting for other teams or other guys or anything, but is there some satisfaction that for you? I know that you're kind of close to some of the guys in your draft class. When you when you maybe hear that they're being asked questions about you and then you see them have success, are you happy for them? Yeah, especially for uh, Nags and for Mitch. I mean, both those guys are great guys, and uh, they put in the work. And I knew, I mean, you, they got a brand new offense over there, so I know right. it takes it takes time to learn this offense. And I knew Mitch had the talent, and I mean, it's starting to pay off now. All the hard work and stuff he's putting in. Okay, when I just walked out of the room down there with Andy, he was being asked a series of questions about what you guys talk about on the sideline when he, when he sits down there with you. Obviously, there was a lot of camera time for that this week. And he said, well, I like to do a lot of listening. He said it would be really hard if you have a quarterback who says, I don't care, call whatever play you want, coach. He said, that in Patrick. He's communicating. He's telling me what he thinks, and I can glean a lot from that. What are those conversations like in-game, and how different are they from the conversations you have here in the facility during the week getting ready for a game? Yeah, I mean, you have to make adjustments in this league. Uh, you have a plan going into a game, but if something doesn't happen uh, the right way, uh, you have to make adjustments. And that, that was last week. I mean, we came out, and they were really had a good game planning for us, and they were really stopping us and, and kind of messing up our momentum and our, and our drives. And so we, he just kind of asked me the stuff that I liked, and I asked stuff he liked, and we got on the same page, and we just kept fighting through, and uh, it, it helped out and worked out in the end. He said he did it the same way with Donovan McNabb when he was young and a little bit with Alex Smith his first year here because the offense was so new to him, even though he'd been in the league for quite a while. It, it probably speaks volumes to his work and relationships with quarterbacks. Does it feel very natural and comfortable to you? Yes, uh, it does. And that's the thing is he, he tries to make it uh, make me comfortable throughout the whole entire game, and that, that's something that helps me a ton when I'm out there. I can make my checks, make my throws, and I don't have to worry about oh, I don't know what's going on. I really know the whole offense, and he's keeping it where I can play fast and just be myself. Okay, let's talk about the comeback the other night because it wasn't going real well. The first half was rough. You you guys were offensively clearly 
They were taking you out of sync. That I mean, it was pretty obvious to me that Denver circled that game and said, "This is the most important game of the year. If we want to do anything this year in the division, we have to beat the Chiefs in Denver." They played hard. They played smart. They were throwing everything at you. They had creative blitzes. It was frustrating. How did you know that you were going to be able to come back in that game when you when you had had really for the first time this season a lack of success? Yeah, it was just a lot of trust in my teammates. Uh, everybody kept a positive mindset the whole entire game. We were we were struggling, but everybody believed that at any moment we could go down there and score on offense. And then the defense was keeping us in the game the whole the whole game. And I mean that just speaks to the heart and the determination of this team uh, that the defense and special teams stepped up, kept us in the game, and then the offense. Finally got it clicking in that last quarter. Kelsey made a ton of great plays. Kareem made a ton of great plays, and everybody just stepped their game up, and so we could come out with a win in the end. You had a lot of games in college and high school, we look back through the years, that, that were score fests, you know, 64-59. So they're close games, and you had to go win them, but you're just scoring at will every time, and, you know, whoever was going to wind up with the ball last or something was going to win. This almost, and I just looked at all your scores, there was a one in college, Texas Tech playing against TCU that was a lower-scoring game mm-hmm. that you guys had played. But you haven't played in a lot of games like that one Monday night, have you? Uh, no, I, I haven't. And uh, but I mean, in this league, there's going to be games like that. You're not going to score, right? So you're not going to score 30 points every single week, and so you have to learn to win those games. The great teams do, and so it was really positive coming to this week now, knowing that we've played in that tough game and found a way to win it. I agree with you. I think over the years you'll find there's a lot more games like that than the first three this year, and that's how you win in the NFL. You made plays down the stretch. Their quarterback didn't make a play. That's how games are won and lost in the National Football League. Um, how comfortable are you that you'll be able to do that on a consistent basis? I mean, it's going to be a grind every single week. Uh, we're playing a great opponent this week. Uh, we have a lot of good opponents coming up. So, I mean, you're going to expect to be in a lot of tight ball games. Uh, but if you trust in the game plan and trust in your teammates, uh, you're hoping that you can come out with a win in the end. Okay, let's talk about a couple of the throws. This is my favorite part where we have these discussions, Ben. I like talking about the throws. Um, the, the sling back to Kelsey across the field, I, you, look, you just look like a guy that played a lot of baseball. I see infielders make that throw sometimes. You're going across the diamond or turning a double play or doing whatever. How much of what you do or, or the way you throw the ball is rooted in all the baseball you played? Because they, most football coaches would say you never make that throw. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, you, you don't want to do that, uh, make that throw a lot of times. Uh, it just kind of happened in the moment. And luckily, I completed it. But uh, it, it is a lot of baseball. I mean, baseball just being playing shortstop, I had to throw the ball at a lot of different angles. And uh, we worked that scramble drill all through training camp, and it really helped us out throughout the game. It was a little bit like going across second base on a, on a bad toss from the from the second baseman, right? On a double play, and yeah. then you got to kind of sling it backwards, right? <laughs> exactly. And uh, I, I, luckily, Kels kept working because he was—I think he was on the whole other side of the field on that play—and he, he worked back across the middle of the field, and I found him. But I mean, it, it is something that just kind of comes from the baseball background. Have you ever had a coach tell you? to stop don't do that don't throw back that way or don't do it this way yeah I mean coaches always uh are gonna be a little cautious on throwing back across the field and I try to be cautious myself and if you if you do it you better complete it is all how I think about it and how I think the coaches feel about it as well the second you you spun and started to throw it I I immediately knew somebody was wide open and and you're, you're only four games in and I just trusted well if he's gonna make that throw somebody's wide opening and sure enough he was so it seems like you you make the throws that you're not supposed to make in theory or by the, what the book says only when you see somebody wide open. Yeah, exactly. And that it's, this comes with more and more experience. I'll, I'll keep learning uh, that. But, I mean, yeah, you want to make the throws when the guy's wide open. You can't make the tight window throws whenever you're doing that across your body and stuff like that. And so uh, you just got to have a lot of trust in your receivers to get open and they keep working for you. And the offensive line was blocking for me great, so I got it, got it to them. You're too young to remember John Elway, I'm guessing. Yeah, that's a little bit before my time. I've seen highlights. So. I uh... – 
He used to walk into this stadium on a consistent basis and play about three and a half quarters where Denver was the lesser team and the Chiefs, Marty Schottenheimer was the coach, and they'd run the football, and the Chiefs would be up 16-13, to 13, and they played great defense, and Elway didn't have good stats, and there'd be six and a half minutes to go, and he'd do the same thing you just did to them on Monday night. And it absolutely killed him. <laughs> did you see the video of him dying up there Monday night? I didn't see the video. I haven't seen it yet, at least. Uh, but He was uh, not very happy with you. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's a division opponent <laughs> rival game, and uh, we got we got it, came out with a big win, and that's going to help us build some momentum going into the rest of the season. Well, it, it's just it's so it was so interesting to see that in reverse because of all the history here <laughs> between the organizations. Obviously, he's running that one, and uh, I, I think he knows. But it was the throws that he would make. He made ridiculous plays. He would have third and 19 and convert it. Then they'd get a penalty on a third and nine or something and get yeah. a first down. Everything would happen. You know, they're all screaming about the play clock being dead or whatever. You've got second and 30, and I don't know why I was thinking this at second and 30. I thought, well, this is no thing. They, they got they got <laughs> this, you know, and then you get 23 yards on the first play. What are you thinking when it's second and 30? Yeah, when it, when it was second and 30, I knew that we had to make it a manageable third down. Uh, you're not expecting to get the first down right there. Right. But I knew if I could give my receivers a chance, they would get open for me. Uh, and so they the offensive line blocked well. I kind of escaped the pocket and, and – Demarcus Robinson, he came back to me. And kind of like I said earlier, the training camp, scramble drill, and all that stuff that we worked in training camp kind of came into fruition right there. And we, I, he came back and made a heck of a catch, too. And so I got to that manageable third and seven. And then, then you can kind of think about, all right, let's get the first down here. Okay, the left-handed throw. I know you've talked about the throw, so I don't necessarily – and everybody's heard that. We've been dissecting that for a couple of days now. I want to ask you what else you do left-handed. You do anything else left-handed? Do you bat left-handed when you play baseball? I, so – uh, I'm not naturally a left-handed, right. but of course my dad, when I was younger, made me hit left-handed, and okay. so uh, I hit left-handed like just kind of here and there all the way until I was about 14, and then I finally said I'm just going to give up on it. But my, I will say my last at bat left-handed, I hit a home run. Okay. So that, I, I, I ended where was on that? that one? And that was uh, in Tyler, Texas, at a little like tournament that we played. Uh, I hit a home run left-handed. And then I, after that was the last bat I ever had left-handed. That was the last left-handed bat. What about basketball? No, I mean, just I've, I've always been able to use the left hand, but, I mean, it's not naturally left-handed guy at all. Okay, so you don't write left-handed. I mean, no. you maybe make a layup or something left-handed. Yeah. You could do a little of that in basketball. You never shot left-handed or anything like no, that? No, but, I mean, I never do any of that stuff, but we mess around. I mean, as a quarterback, you always mess around and throw it left-handed or do some stuff like that, and I, I just – just kind of happened in the game, and I threw it to him. So I had, you know, the reason I asked is stuff. The internet's unbelievable. There's people on the internet that are convinced you threw it 95 miles an hour left-handed when you were in high school. And I was like, no, I saw the pass. He definitely did not pitch left-handed. No, you know, I did that, not at all. That never happened. But baseball's a two-handed sport. You know, you got a glove on your left hand, and you throw right-handed, and I think that that probably helps. I mean, you certainly had the wherewithal to move it. Again, I thought it was more like a baseball move. You yeah. know, you're moving the hand, the ball from one to the other, and then you make a play. I thought, you know, if you didn't play all that baseball, I don't know if you make that play. Yeah, I mean, baseball, uh, basketball, play, being a lot of the point guard position, having to pass the ball with your left hand, and then, uh, I mean, just all the sports in general. I mean, I, I've, you've got to utilize your left hand in pretty much every sport uh, if you want to be good, and so I've used the left hand before. Last thing I want to ask you about is feeling pressure in the pocket. You seem to have a sixth sense of where the rusher is where they're coming from. I loved your look back on the touchdown run. You were looking back to make sure that you weren't going to get blindsided, so the, the awareness was there. Is it is it taught when you work with, with Kafka and Andy and some of these guys? I mean, what do they tell you about pocket presence and where it's coming from and how much of it is just natural athletic instinct? Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of it is taught. Uh, Coach Kafka does these drills with us where he uses the dummies and he pushes them around so you have to work within the pocket and still keep your feet ready to throw. And then, uh, I mean, some of it just comes in the games. I mean, you, as a quarterback, you have that clock in your head, especially when you play a great uh, rush like they had with uh, those guys with Vaughn and Bradley Chubb and all those guys. Uh, but I thought the offensive line, 
O-line did a great job of giving me lanes to kind of step up and step through and at the same time keeping those guys in front. And uh, I just kind of try to utilize that and extend the play and find the receivers down the field. Some people think Jacksonville has the best defense in the NFL. That'll get you ready this week, won't you? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they kept, they're coming off the AFC Championship last year where they played in that game, and they have a lot of those guys back. And they do. They have a lot of talent everywhere on that defensive uh, uh, side of the ball. And so for us, it's going to be a great challenge, and we get to play it at home. So I'm glad we get to be in front of that Arrowhead crowd. Go get them Sunday, man. Thank you so yeah, much for your time as thank always. Thank you. Appreciate it. He's Patrick Mahomes right here on Sports Radio 810.